The Evolve Network is now live at evolvenetwork.tv. Subscribe for meal plans, recipes, cooking shows, and our very own The Magic Pill and The Magic Plant, as well as access to my favourite documentaries. The Evolve Network is also home to our full library of podcasts, with new release podcasts airing first and in full on the channel. You can also watch selected vodcasts in a video format. Meanwhile, enjoy this highlight of our podcast and head over to evolvenetwork.tv for the full Evolve podcast experience. The Evolve with Pete Evans podcast is a conversation about my favorite ingredients for a healthy human experience. We take an informed look at topics that include nutritional and emotional well-being as well as expanded consciousness. I love exploring the topics that are not traditionally taught at school and take a deep dive into them with my special guests. I invite you to sit back and come along for the ride with an open mind and heart and please share with your family and friends as these podcasts may just be the seed from which many things will flourish from. Cheers. We've been using Waters Co. water filters for the last 10 years and I wholeheartedly trust my family's health with them. Waters Co. established 1977 have personal and domestic water filters which turns your ordinary tap water into great tasting alkaline ionized mineral water which removes up to 99.9% of fluoride, heavy metals, chemicals and bacteria so you can love your tap water again. The Bio 1000 is the latest edition of the BMP 1000 model and the culmination of over 40 years of experience and research into water filtration by some of the world's leading scientists. Waters Co. was first to market with natural gravity-fed systems, creating alkaline water way back in 1984, and have continued to lead the market in research and development, setting the benchmark for all other brands to follow. Please go to my webpage, PeteEvans.com, to learn more and to receive your special discount from my link on the products page. You're going to love it. Today's guest is Dr. Anna Kabeka. She is the first call for the woman who has questions she would only ask her best girlfriend if her girlfriend were a triple board certified at OBGYN. To find out more about Dr. Anna Kabeka, please visit her website, drannakabeka.com. That's D-R-A-N-N-A-C-A-B-E-C-A.com. Anna, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you, sister? Oh, it is my pleasure. Great to be here with you. <laughs> Fantastic. And this is going to be an exciting adventure that we're going to go on because we're going to explore some topics that I feel our viewers or listeners will gain a lot of wisdom from your words. And I want to start off with what type of doctor are you? Well, let me rephrase that. What type of doctor were you? Be? Yeah, were you and who are you now? Yeah, you know, no, absolutely. This is great. I mean, it's an evolution in progress. You know, I started out as a, a complete women's health advocate. So I trained at Emory University in Atlanta. It's really one of the best institutions in the nation. I studied obstetrics and gynecology. So I finished that in 1999. And because I was a National Health Service Corps scholar, I don't know what they have in Australia that's similar, but like public health service, they had you know scholarship me through um, majority of my med school. And so I had this payback period and I end up in a small island uh, off the coast of Georgia. I know most people are like, what? There's an island off the coast of Georgia, USA? Are you crazy? 
Yeah. And a small shrimping village ended up practicing there as part of my payback. And in that kind of setting, Pete, you really have to get creative with your patients. They don't have the economy to do the best, highest cutting edge stuff that, you know, like I was ready to give from, from Emory. Right. So getting really creative, really listening and, and becoming creative about solutions. So I, you know, from OBGYN, I then end my own mess a message, like my own personal messes with hormones and infertility and early menopause at 39. I mean, some crazy stuff for a hormone expert, right? From that journey, I went on to study uh, regenerative medicine and board certify and then integrative medicine and board certify. And so now I am all about having every individual be empowered to be their best physician, right? We are the decision maker for our body, like eliminate all the cloud of misinformation and disinformation that's out there and really get intuitive and do the do this work that helps us heal from the inside out. And mostly, you know, it's within our power, right? There's very little I need to do with a prescription pad and a surgical scalpel to, to get those results. I love that. Uh, fantastic. More and more doctors are advocating and promoting this way of life as well, that you need to take responsibility for your own life. And how difficult is that philosophy for you to, well, how do you invite a patient along that journey for themselves? That's probably the better question without scaring the hell out of them. You know, that's a really good point. And I've really run the gamut of scaring the hell out of my patients for a while and then, you know, really then empowering them. Okay. And I think there's probably a happy medium there. <laughs> I really do. And you understand what I'm saying with all heart and sincerity. It's like, okay, look, stop expecting the insurance company and the pharmaceutical industry to advocate on your behalf. Do what's necessary for you. And that's like simple, like, oh my gosh, I've had, you know, I'm triple board certified. I've had the best education in, in the world, really. And I continue to educate. And I'm going to tell you to get a good night's sleep, drink plenty of water, to fast regularly, you know, I mean, these are the steps that we have to take and it's universal that we have to take it. And there's no age limit on this, on these things, right? And that's empowering. And I wanna say most of the things that I have to tell you is free, but I also recognize Pete that the, you know, there's been conditioning. I don't know, again, in Australia, but I did live there for two months. So I want to, you know, I say that I just love the Australians because they always have a beautiful smile like you do. And oh my gosh, remind me to tell you how I've incorporated this Australian smile into some of my work. Okay, remind me about that. Will do. So, so with this, it's, you know, it's, it's that sense that, okay, we've been conditioned to say, okay, just give me a prescription, you know, just give me a prescription, take away the symptom you know, remove my uterus. I mean, just, just take it away and don't let me deal with it. You know, I don't want to deal with it anymore. Right. There is that conditioning that's been in case. I mean, you know, the same, and the same has drawn up even with childbirth C-section, just give me a C-section. So I don't risk anything. And we, we have to understand that honestly, you know, mother nature always wins, right? Mother nature always wins. So when we tap into that, 
from the you know spiritual level and the empowerment level, we're going to work with Mother Nature, work by design. How are we designed? How do I need to repair this? And that is empowering. And so I think back to your question of, of how do I get people to come along this journey? It's, it's to project. Look at the trajectory. In five years, 10 years, how are you going to be? Who, you know, you see dementia, you know, sit outside of Walmart for, that's a big supermarket, you know, sit outside of Walmart for, you know, an hour and just look at the people walking in and out. You want to be normal? <laughs> do you want to be normal or do you want to be optimal? Do you want to be super fit, super energetic, clear, not using a walker, not on oxygen, you know, healthy and radiant. And from today, we can make a choice to go down a very healthy route, an optimal route and passionate route that you're just going to love and thrive, or you're going to slowly decline, degenerate and struggle and suffer. And, And with that, your relationships struggle and what you're telling those kids of yours, those best friends of yours, your best friend's kids, if you don't have kids, you're telling them it's okay to not take care of yourself. You choose. Mm, powerful words, Anna, very powerful words. And I, your analogy or, or your, it's not even an analogy, but your observation outside of Walmart. And that's my sense of reality for the last 20 years. I've traveled a lot and I live quite a, quiet life. (laughs) Even though I have a public persona, my life is very quiet. But when I travel, I obviously have to go through airports. And over the last 10 years, I'd catch two or 300 flights a year. And every time I'd step into an airport, it's like me going to a shopping center or it's, it's, it's reality, the smack bang in my face. And Recently, I was with my oldest daughter, who's nearly 16, and we were driving through a town, and and, it, and it's, a, it's a challenge for me or a struggle for me because I don't want to be judgmental on other people. But I said to her, I said, see if you can find anybody that looks healthy in this town as we're going, as we're driving around it. It was, and and I'm going off the idea of, how people look, but more so their vitality. Do they walk with 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 energy, with swagger? Come on, say it. <laughs> with good posture, you know, like you said, with the walker or hunched over or whatever this may be. And you know, I really struggle, even in airports. I, I struggle to find the vitality in people's eyes. And the strange thing is most of these people, I would say, would probably be about to either head on vacation or coming back from vacation. Or, and, and I had the experience a couple of years ago and it was after a, a, a psychedelic experience, the greatest one that I've ever had, where I felt the f- I could actually feel the, the, the physical pain and sadness in the human beings that I was around in the airport. And it was, I had tears in my eyes, the compassion and the empathy and because I felt the pain and suffering of humanity in that, in those, those moments. And yeah, I'm just grateful for people like you because you speak the truth. It's a hard truth. It's a, it's a direct truth. 
but it's also an invitation at the same time for personal growth, whether it be physical, emotional, spiritual. And how was it for you to invite yourself at the start when you said you had the hormone issues and you, but you're an expert physician or a doctor? Tell me about that challenge for you the or the oh fuck moment. I'm like, mm, I'm not going to, my credentials aren't going to save me in this moment. Right, right. And there's a good expression that academia does not indicate common sense, right? <laughs> I think that's really important to realize that statement when you're listening to the news and the media and the, you know, the opinions that the, you know, professional expert opinions, right? Academia does not mean common sense. And, and I think that's one thing that I've been given a lot of, and that is the power of observation, the power of of common sense and looking at, okay, if this isn't working, you got to stop doing it, right? And we have to find a solution. We have to find something that will work and and what's going to work for you particularly versus what works for Joe or Lori or Jim, you know, and the list goes on, what actually works for you. So for me, way back then, so at 39, I'm 54, almost 55 now. And what happened is that realization, okay, my doctor's bag's empty. So I was devastated. I actually took a year off. I took a sabbatical. I uh, was grieving in so many ways. And um, and to have that diagnosis of infertility on top of everything else, I mean, I will say I was so, I mean, so sad. I was so depressed. I was so um, uh, betrayed by my body. And I was so betrayed by the medicine I loved, right? There was no good answer for me. And the only offer that I'd had, you know, after failing round after round of infertility treatments was the possibility of egg donation. And so I wasn't willing to go that route at that time. And it, it took me on a sabbatical around the world, honestly, and a journey around the world and just learning and talking. And I feel like God's hand was in this every step of the way. And I met some amazing people, amazing healers from traditional medicine gurus for that have practiced medicine based on generations of handed down truths and practices, as well as some of the world's leading scientists. And that, and, and that's what took me to Australia for a couple of months too. It was fascinating. I've learned so many great things from the, the Australians. And, um, and so I came back, not only, you know, had I reversed my early menopause, but I came back pregnant and delivered a beautiful baby girl at age 41 the child I was told I would never be able to have. And that is the power of our body to heal itself. Body, mind, and spirit, it all works together. Beautiful. It took courage though, no doubt. <laughs> courage or crazy, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> you probably followed your intuition or as you said, the hand of God was guiding you, but it was your intuition as well or whatever we may call that, that higher knowing. That, that inner knowing and it's it's something that has been a theme in these conversations that I've had with like people like yourself is that that curiosity that no nah, this isn't what this isn't how I imagine my life to be but I'm sure you look back and you're grateful for that experience too because without that happening you may not have ventured down this path too. So tell me about that. Tell me about the gratitude for your experiences. 
a tremendous amount of gratitude for the experiences that I've had and the journey that I've had. And I would say that, you know, I'm not, I'm not grateful for the trauma that I've had in my life, but I'm grateful that I can help other people through the trauma. And I'm grateful for where I am today. I have so much to be grateful for. Right. And, and that is, um, that's been part of my healing journey. And I'm sure I still have a lot more to do, but I think that attitude for me as part of a reset and a ritual and a daily practice, it is starting each morning with a practice of gratitude. Like I'm grateful. I actually ask myself three questions in the morning before I get out of bed and say, what am I grateful for yesterday? You know, and where did I see love? And, you know, and where was I, where was I loving? I actually ask a fourth usually. And if I really want to know the answer and the fourth is where could I've laughed at myself more? Right. (laughs) And that's usually a long list. So I probably don't ask it as much as I need to. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. I love it. We do have to laugh at ourselves and, you know, life is a gift. My wife and I were, were discussing that this morning and, just said how how amazing was yesterday that we got to spend yesterday together doing all the things that we did yesterday we went to the beach with our dog I had a surf we lit a fire we cooked a beautiful meal together we she went to yoga there was just so many good things that were in the day and this morning I woke up at 5 30 a.m this I did a podcast with somebody on the in, in the United States at 6 a.m this morning and as we were discussing this, I said, today's going to be another one of those mag- magical, beautiful days. It's it's how we set our uh, intention to experience life. And already, I think it's 10 a.m. here or 10.30 in the morning, you're the second conversation, big conversation that I've had today, but, and, and my wife, we've had a big one. And, you know, the already challenges from the external world have crept in and it's like, oh, isn't this an exciting day already? Like it's 10.30 and there's challenges, there's, there's celebrations, there's connections. And it's like, wow, how rich is, <laughs> how rich and, how rich is this tapestry of life if we, co-created and we sit in wonder of of the complexity but also the simplicity of it as all and I want to get into that simplistic thing that you talked about because your advice to a lot of your patients you said is so simple and so free so let's run through that and then we can delve it deeper into your expertise which is menopause which is sexual health which is all of the things that you've studied in a holistic manner now, instead of just the reductionist method. Yes, no, absolutely. And I think like when it comes to simply like the simple things that we do on a daily basis, the morning rituals that we keep, the um, presence that we maintain during the day and the evening rituals that we maintain as well, these practices really help. And so for me, it's simply, you know, looking at this as these practices. So we talked about the morning ritual, starting with gratitude and attitude of gratitude, being grateful for that, but also love, like really reflecting, where did I see love, kindness? You know, where did I feel love, kindness and, and show it at the same time. And it can be to a complete stranger. It can be, you know, to your child, to your mate, you know, and these are things that we want to build up this practice because this practice of love and this always this practice decreases the stress hormone cortisol and improves, increases 
the um, powerful love and bonding hormone of oxytocin, the most powerful hormone in our body. And so we do these three practices of feeling compassion, feeling uh, love, feeling and receiving love, not just giving love, but receiving love. So daily practice of that, starting out that intention that sets, not only is it great for mindset, but it sets your physiology off in a more grounded state, right? Versus the opposite is like, shit, I'm late. I got to get the kid to school. I got a feeder and, you know, and already I've got three messages on my phone and blah, blah, blah. It's totally different philosophy. So before I get to that, and actually, actually, I want to say before I get into that state, I do my practice of attitude of gratitude. However, when I do my practice of attitude of gratitude, let me tell you, I don't get into that state of that stress. I'm like, okay, Somehow breakfast gets done, kids gets to school on time. There's a flow, there's an easy flow. And then for me, it's that like the practices that I've developed and I've written about in my books, the keto green way. It's about getting into ketosis and alkalinizing your body. Critical factors, especially in this menopause time period, in this transition time period, critically important. And so I, I have an extended intermittent fast, 13 to 16 hours every day, no snacking. I break fast with very, very minimal to low carbs, but keto green meals. And then, you know, I'm productive. I got my child off to school and I'm working on, um, you know, whatever the, the program is for the day, great interviews of podcasting and connecting with people. And that's what I loved. I'm able to do what I love to do most in the world now at this stage of my life, because I've put these principles into practice. And then the evening rituals, you know, the winding down, the hot cup of tea, the evening read, the chatting with someone you care about, you know, whatever, whatever that evening practices that winds you down so that you can get that deep restorative sleep and whatever supplements, et cetera, that we need to help us get there. Because often we do, especially in the perimenopause, menopause, but we want to focus on that. And so like creating these morning and evening rituals is, is key to establishing a healthy, healthy physiology. A good morning leads to a good night and and vice versa. I want to be very careful of the words that I use. Why is there so much confusion about this word? And what are the, what are the steps and solutions apart from what you've just spoken about just then? Yeah, you know, I was gonna, I was gonna say, you know, I thought you were gonna say, you know, what is this about menopause and why is it such a bitch? You know, <laughs> that's what I thought you were gonna say. But okay, confusion. Yeah, no. But I mean, it's true. It's like, first of all, the number one, it's a terrible word. We need to rewrite the word. In Japan, they use the word kunenki for this time of life, right? And uh, that means second spring. So I would say we want to breeze through menopause into our second spring. I love that. It's not like winter. It's a second spring. And the same, same thing as puberty is not a disease, neither is menopause. And while menopause is a mandatory transition in life that we're all going to go through, every woman will go through, it suffering is optional. Suffering is optional. So the sooner we reset and, we, and it's never too soon, never too late to set ourselves up to breeze through menopause into our second spring. And this is really important. The natural decline of our ovarian hormone function is part of the trigger, but there's so much more to it on the energetic level that we're just beginning 
to investigate and understand. And But this is really important because I'll just give you the example of a typical patient coming into my office in their, in their mid-40s having irregular bleeding, breakthrough bleeding, PMS, irritability, uh, mood swings, loss of libido, maybe some hair loss. I mean, weight gain without doing anything different. That's really a trigger. It's a weight gain without doing anything different. Been there, done that. I get it, right? And so all of these things are coming up and the woman's like devastated, like, you know, just take it all out, give me a pill, stop the process, what's happening? I'm like, oh no, this is a natural process. We're gonna transition you through. So it's just a breeze. Right. That's what we want. And um, and also I always tell my patients, if you only hate your husband two weeks out of the month, it's most likely your hormones, not necessarily entirely the fault of your husband. <laughs> so so that's an important thing to remember. Just giving you some pearls of wisdom here, Pete. And um, and so with that, this transition, this is and the, the symptoms I talked about. They're not just gynecologic symptoms that you've come to an OBGYN like myself for. They are also neurologic symptoms. Well, huh, where have we studied the neurology of menopause? Hmm, that's fascinating. Could it be related to our uterine and ovarian ovarian hormones? Yes, absolutely. It absolutely is. And so this is what's starting. Like I am just like really wanting to get this information out because this is a, this time period is a time period of neuroendocrine vulnerability. This just means that our brain and hormonal symptoms, our nervous and hormonal symptoms, are working together. And let's and are vulnerable at this time, like a protective layer has been removed and that protective layer being some of our ovarian hormones, particularly progesterone, which is the hormone of, of pregnancy. It's a, it's a neuroprotective brain protective hormone. It's in our, in our fascia. We have progesterone receptors in our breast and we have progesterone receptors in our bones. I mean, it is a very important hormone. And it also is the precursor hormone to almost every other hormone in our body. Fabulous. Good stuff, right? Don't you want to be a woman now, Pete? <laughs> Fantastic stuff. I probably have been in many of my alternate lives. So, <laughs> yeah. Probably, uh, and, and, and probably will be again. So solutions, and maybe solutions isn't the right terminology, but uh, guidance through this period. Yeah, I like, I definitely like guidance and guidance and solutions. I want to just emphasize that women are, are incredibly, we are incredibly intuitive, right? We are intuitive and we know through energetic me medicine that we can resonate with something better than something else. Like, and, and I'll just give everyone an example. You're going into the grocery store and you're just attracted to this you know, maybe you're attracted to this head of cauliflower, this bok choy, or I mean something, these oranges are calling you. Well, maybe if the oranges are calling you, maybe you need vitamin C and, you know, listening to what your body's needing, it's going to resonate with something, right? And, um, and, and if your body's craving a cardboard box of sugar, I mean, you got to listen to that too. I mean, like, what the hell is wrong with you, right? What's going on? And that's really one of the rarest. Like right away, you're going to go towards your body's going to resonate to something that's going to nourish you for the most part, unless we're in a self-destructive mode. Again, pay attention to that. So our intuition and how we we interact with our environment is really something that's very special and very spectacular. 
And when we can lift the brain fog of the perimenopause, the hormone, the sugar, you know, fixes and the cravings and all of that stuff, when we're able to lift that fog, we're more in tune to really what's our heart's desires, right? And we, you know, and, um, and that's an important, that's an important place to be. So when I talk about guidance and solutions, I'm like, well, really, what's your intuition telling you? What's your body telling you? And listen, listen to that voice. Not and, and then there's usually a couple. I will say, you know, there's always a negative, a negative voice too that's saying, oh, well, you can't do this, or you're too old for this, or just you know those that you know uh, diet's not working. Just go ahead and have the ice cream and donut, whatever, you know, so you, you have, I would say, get that nasty bitch off your shoulder. She's not doing you any good, right? You just got to get her off. And, and that's really, that's really an important thing to listen to, to being self-aware, but honestly, been there, been so like hormonally depleted, exhausted. I felt like I was just trying to crawl myself out of, out of a deep, dark well. And so with all compassion, I want to share it with everyone that the principles that I, that I teach are empowering. Trust the process. I would say this, this journey that we're on is a marathon, not a sprint. We're not going to expect results overnight, but really within a couple, a few days, we're feeling liberated. We're feeling clearer. And this part of the solution is, is what I mentioned earlier, this keto green way of living. And I have a great 16 day plan in, in my book, Keto Green 16. But what um, the easy things that we can all do right now, it's that intermittent fasting, nothing to eat after 7 p.m., wait to break fast, you know, 9, 10, 11 a.m. And break fast with no carbs, like really low carbs, like for example, smoked salmon and capers, red onions over spinach drizzled with olive oil. That's a perfect keto green example. A keto green smoothie, you know, avocado with some ginger and throw in a good high quality. I really hope you enjoyed the first half of this podcast. If you'd like to listen to the rest, please visit evolvenetwork.tv. That's evolvenetwork.tv. We'll see you there. The information, views and opinions expressed in this podcast should not be treated as a substitute for nutritional, medical, or other advice by a qualified professional. Guests in this podcast express their own opinions, experiences, and conclusions. Nothing in this podcast should be used to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any medical condition. Neither Pete Evans nor any sponsor endorse any views, opinions, or conclusions expressed or shared in this podcast.